All right. Merry Christmas. You know, I love this time of the year. I know this is a different Christmas than anyone we've experienced, but maybe it's even more important. It's even more important that we really embrace the Christmas moment, the Bethlehem moment, the promise of Christmas, the invitation of Christmas. Um, maybe we need it now more than ever, right? Just this season of unique confinement and of the feelings that we've all had to walk through this year and what we've been experiencing even as of late and just, you know, so many things that are weighing on so many of you. Um, I'm hopeful that that we will gain strength from what we're about to share together. If you're new here, I'm Pastor Terry. I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone Church and our series, The Heart of Worship. I mean, think about it this way. Christmas is God's overture of love. For God so loved the world that he gave, he did. And think about it this way as well. The heart of worship is how we best express our gratitude to God for the love that he has given. I'll say that one more time. The heart of worship is how, H-O-W, you see what I did there? It's how we best express our appreciation, our love, our gratitude for the love that God has displayed towards us. We respond in worship to a love that was relentless and came to us. And we're invited to embrace it. See, here's the thing. God won't force us to have him. He must be welcomed in. And that's true even for the time that we're about to share. I mean, the Lord won't force us to have an openness, but he invites us to. He really does. You know, um, I just want to pray, I guess, a blessing as we take these minutes and share them. But Lord, I know these are, and just pray with me, but Lord, I know these are unique times. I really do. Some of us are struggling. We've been really struggling. That's just the truth. It's been hard. It's, it's, uh, it's hard not to feel anxious. Maybe some of us feel very anxious. Some of us might have, uh, you know, struggles with depression right now. Some of us might feel really lonely and justifiably so. Like so many of the things that we are accustomed to being able to do, we can't do. Our limitations. Um, some things seem unfair. That creates anger inside of us. Sometimes it's just a low-grade anger. Maybe some of us, again, have that around fear as well. And Lord, we just welcome you into these places. We welcome your goodness. We welcome your grace. We welcome your flow of life. We welcome you into this moment. Our eyes are upon you and our hearts are open towards you. And uh, this is how we choose to come. And we ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. And I just, I guess, want to start by having us read the Bible's account of the birth of Jesus as recorded in the, in the Gospel of Luke and it says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. <laughs> you know, talk about a, a, a governmental mandate. Um, Rome sent the word and people moved. For the purposes of being taxed, they had to return to their place of ancestry to be registered. They didn't have a choice. This was the first registration, uh, the scripture tells us, putting into a historical context when Quirinius was the governor of Syria and all went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. 
He went there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, his engaged wife, to be in their eyes. When you were betrothed, you were already married. But she was with child, and Joseph had chosen to marry her in spite of the fact that it seemed controversial. <laughs> and initially, he had wanted nothing to do with, with Mary. Remember that. It wasn't until uh, the Lord spoke to him that he opened his heart towards her. And, and yet, he, he even before that, even before it was communicated to him that what was happening inside of Mary's womb was from God, he, he wasn't going to embarrass her or stigmatize her, which would have been his right in that culture. No, this was a true quality man. Um, he would be the stepfather of the Savior. Think of it that way. Joseph also, and he was a carpenter by trade, Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, we're told, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, uh, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because, well, they're just... There was no place in the inn, no room for Jesus. Hmm. And in the same region, the focus shifts. There were shepherds out in the flock. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with, as we would suspect, great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. This is a good thing. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a major manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, just like heaven breaks out, the skies open up another dimension reveals itself. And, an, and there was a multitude of heavenly hosts just praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The older version says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Think about that. <laughs> Boy, I mean, we can use some peace and goodwill, can't we? I mean, these have really been polarized, divided times. Times when even family and friends have had tremendous division. Even people who love the Lord have struggled to disagree agreeably. And I really believe that we need to reset at Christmas if, we, if it's at all possible and determine in our heart to be extenders of goodwill and to be cultivators of peace, that that would be God's desire for us. Now, I understand there are some situations we can't control, but the Lord does want us to be a people who are extending goodness and seeking to calm things and be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, the Bible reminds us, right? That's what God wants for all of us to be more of. You know, I was thinking about two scriptures, two portions of scripture, that if we will humbly accept them, working off of this thought, this idea of how God wants us to be as we move into these next couple of weeks, especially as we move into Christmas, but also as we prepare for a new year, just thinking about the wisdom of what we're being invited into to become cultivators of the peace. And in Romans 12, we're told this. And I just want us again to think about these words. The scripture has so much wisdom for us as we move into different kinds of exchanges with people. And it might be direct and personal, or it might be indirect. It might be something we communicate, you know, 
you know, in some ways it could be social, it could be digital, it could be through just, you know, texting someone, but the way in which we respond, the way in which we communicate could be again over Zoom or other vehicles of communicating that, you know, we, we have to do these days in these unique times, but look what it says in Romans 12. It says, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And then look at this phrase in the 18th verse, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. If possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I mean, that's just brilliant. That's just brilliant. Bible is reminding us, don't be a retaliator. Oh, how hard is that? How easy it is to want to retaliate, to return um, when we feel wronged or insulted or demeaned. I have that feeling as well. It's sometimes just a reaction on our part. Now, some of us, the way we retaliate is different. It's something we tuck inside of us and we hold it. I'm going to tell you, this is not the, that won't bring anything good out of it, right? The Lord wants us to live peaceably and peace, peaceably, remember this, is not to be confused with passively. I can be passively aggressive or passively antagonistic or passively resentful or passively, you know, just upset with someone, but it's all tucked down below. And you know what? That's not really what God wants. That's not peace. That's actually a kind of uh, solution that may, may not express itself, but it builds up and it, it tears things down. And so whether, whether it's a reaction, that, uh, a retaliation that is, is more physical or verbal, which is often what happens, right? We attack because we feel we've been hurt. We hurt back. Remember, hurt people, hurt people. Bless people, bless people. God wants us to be a blesser. And as much as lies within us, he wants us to be peacemakers. Remember, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to others, right? This is, this is part of the invitation of Christmas. Calm this down, calm our hearts down kindness offered as much as within us. We can't own other people's reactions. We can't stop other people's words, but we can own ourselves. And God wants us to respond as he has responded to us because God has been rejected more than anybody else could ever be rejected. And yet his love continues on. It doesn't mean there aren't consequences to choices, but but by and large, you know, you and I are invited to be peacemakers. Don't ever forget that. The Lord himself was the greatest peacemaker of all. I mean, in Jesus, we are given the promise of shalom, the peace, the wholeness, the peace of God that passes all understanding, that can keep our heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I mean, if you think about it, he gives us peace with God. Jesus did by giving himself. He invites us to have peace of mind against the things that would tie us down and bind us, the anxious thoughts that would wrap us up. And uh, get us all out of sorts. God doesn't want that for us. No, that's why he's given us his word and his presence to give us peace, peace of mind, peace with others. I mean, he wants our relationships to be better, right? Better than they would have been without him. Think about that. I mean, this Christmas time, let's have the peacemaker flowing through us. Let's choose to be advocates of his peace. Let's choose to be people who are kind and tender and gentle as much as we can, right? Come on and not hold on to things and uh, just not let any grudge or bitterness root itself inside of us, but follow the example of Christ. Look at this, what it says. There's another passage. Look what it says here. First Peter two, it says, so get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit. Ah, oh, let's not be a deceptive person. 
hypocrisy, jealousy. Uh, let's not do that. And, and look, all unkind speech. Let's be a people who uh, don't drop into patterns. Let's not curse people. Let's not be a people who tear down. Let's be a people who build up. And that happens by our own diet, because what goes in is what, usually what comes out. You know it's true. That's why I think it's important for us to think through our immediate choices as well and uh, the diet of our mind and what we're actually digesting at an intellectual level because what goes in is what comes out. It's just the, the, the truth of it. And the second verse in First Peter 2 says this, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. I mean, salvation came to us at the beginning point in a baby. And we too are invited to experience the fullness of salvation by hungering after the spiritual milk that is God's word as newborn babies. Think about that. Cry out for this nourishment, we're told. You know, ask God to fill us with more of who he is. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness, think about that. Uh, you know, do we see, do you guys see this? How God's kindness is when it's received compels us to exercise kindness to others. Oh, let's not be irritated. Let's be kind. Yeah, that's what the Lord does want. Don't get offended. You can get offended at anything. <laughs> we can be, I mean, some of us are inventive offend, get at getting offended. <laughs> I mean, we look for reasons to be disappointed or, or upset with what someone else isn't doing for us. Um, or hasn't appreciated. Don't do that. Don't do that. I know it's understandable, but you know, this week, as we make our way towards Christmas and to the new year, uh, you know, let's just determine to be a people, not of unkind words, but rather of blessing and of grace because the Christmas season invites us into this place. It really does. But let's go back to that opening passage in Luke. Uh, you know, you think about what was stated there in Luke, uh, the seventh verse actually there, says that she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths. Notice that. And then laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And then if you jump down to verse 12, when the angels are speaking out, right, to the shepherds in the fields, they're saying, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now, I've read and quoted, uh, you know, this passage for years, actually, since I was a boy. I still remember as a little boy in Sunday school, um, you know, they, it was such a, we were a very small church that I grew up in. And, and so there would be a Sunday morning, oftentimes, where the kids would be rolled out there. That's the way I would describe it. And we were assigned a verse that week to read. And we would, I would get, we would get ready to read it. And I remember reading this passage. It was one time where I, I remember specifically, you know, you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And by the way, I just need to say this. If you haven't had a chance to check out what we're doing in our online kids ministry, it's, it's just creative. It's, it's got life in it. There's so much passion and energy going into wanting to see the children of our church community and anybody else who wants to be connected to it, just be able to experience the goodness of God. And the cool thing about a lot of what they're producing right now is that you can replay it 
And um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a huge resource for all of us. And I, I just want to encourage you parents, you young parents especially, but also for those of you who have kids that are just starting to grow up, plant the seeds of God's word into their life. They're getting so many things. I can tell you now with four adult kids that what we plant does make a difference. It really does. And uh, plant the goodness that Christmas is a perfect planting season for the little ones. Focus on Jesus, sing the carols, tell the story, engage it all, engage it all. And for all of us who are older, let's come like, like a child to the Christmas moment. Keep our hearts sopped and, and filled with wonder and just enjoy it. Come on. We've got all kinds of things happening around us that are, are just, you know, restrictive and confine, confining and, and we're hearing death talk all the time. And, you know, um, let's just fill ourselves up, not in denial, but with the life of God and just embrace the Christ child. But I was thinking about it because in all the years that I've engaged this passage, um, you know, I always have focused mostly on the manger. It's almost impossible not to, baby Jesus in the manger. <laughs> Deservedly so, right? With Mary and Joseph and the, the animals around. And it's just, uh, it's bucolic, it's romantic, it's sentimental and baby Jesus, you know, away in a manger. I love it, I do. I love the nativity scene. I think it's perfect. But notice, we're told that the sign was that there would be a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Now, that's it's important because it's actually mentioned twice. I mean, it's, it's mentioned in both that seventh and, the, and that 12th verse. And, and it's being emphasized here. And I was thinking, and it got me thinking, well, what the swaddling cloths? I mean, it's interesting, right? That was, it was not just a baby in a manger. It was a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. And, you know, swaddling cloths, I did a little research on that. They're, 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 some of you, especially the moms, they already know, but... They're cloths, bands that are used in the practice of swaddling, I know. But essentially swaddling is wrapping an infant tightly in cloth, right? And the idea behind swaddling is that it helps the baby transition from the womb, which is a very snug place, <laughs> to the outside world. And one article I read said that swaddling cloths are still used today, but with some modifications. Uh, in general, swaddling has proved to help infants sleep better, uh, to prevent them from scratching themselves, and uh, more recently in modern times to reduce the risk of SIDS, that is sudden infant death syndrome. And, and in ancient times like today, a swaddled infant was safe if it was wrapped and watched properly. Many cultures still practice swaddling today. And, and, and I remember that because all of our kids were, were swaddled in a way, they were wrapped. I remember in tight blankets and, and um, you know, just recently this happened with us when we were, you know, there at the birth of our, our grandson, Micah, um, who has, has kind of been part of our <laughs> Cornerstone online service through this uh, unique season of COVID. And, and that's been a joy for me to watch um, my, my daughter, Chloe, and, and Mike at the very, very end of service, the post-service announcements. But I remember when we were at Kaiser, he was wrapped and he was swaddled and held as every baby uh, deserves to be held, yeah, in love. So what we see here, though, is that one of the signs of Messiah was that he was wrapped in swaddling cloths, and it's mentioned twice. And think about it this way. The son of love was wrapped in strips of cloth. 
And I just saw that he was gift wrapped for humanity. <laughs> and I love that we give gifts. We wrap those gifts. The gift of God was wrapped in cloths. And it reminded me though, by the way, of another wrapping. And I don't know if it's coincidental or I would say, I don't think it's not coincidental. Well, you know what I mean? The fact is he was wrapped in cloth. And some 33 years later, that same baby, but then as a man, after having died on a cross, his mangled body, that body, the adult body of the little one in the manger would once again be wrapped with strips of cloth, but this time not by the loving hands of his mother, but by two older men who also were admirers and disciples, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, but those cloths were removed three days later by the glorified Christ himself on that first Easter Sunday. So what starts as a gift wrapped in love, think about it this way, ends with a gift unwrapped in the power of love. That's worth saying again. What starts as a gift wrapped in love ends with a gift unwrapped in the power of love. And this too is part of the Christmas story because you think about it, his beginning and his end, it already anticipates his ending, but it wasn't an ending. It was just, it was just the prelude to a new beginning. And that too, again, is our inheritance. And so we sit and we marvel with the shepherds and the angels as we should at what God has done. And I hope we're taking this time at Christmas to just sit with love, uh, remembering that the heart of worship is connected to love. Love as Christina Rossetti, my, I, she's my favorite Christmas poet. Christina Rossetti. She said, love came down at Christmas, love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas, star and angels gave the sign. I <laughs> like that. I know it's simple. Love came down at Christmas, love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas, star and angels gave the sign. You know, Rossetti went on to share what is one of, if not my favorite Christmas poems, and one that connects so wonderfully with the heart of worship. For she went on to write, what can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? I give him my heart. That's the best gift you and I can ever give the Lord. Remember what Jesus would say, you worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Now, there is always a connection between what we worship with our lips and the cultivation of our heart. So that's the irony. That's the uniqueness of what Jesus said. That's the paradox of it. But he says, when you worship me with a disconnected heart, it's kind of empty. It's missing what it was meant to be. But when we worship him with a heart that is connected and open, what it does is it enlarges our heart. Our love for him only grows. That's why I say, sing the carols, right? You know, practically speaking, you know, we are invited into affection and intention. What can I give him? I give him my heart. And, you know, since we're all going to be home for Christmas, <laughs> that's, uh, shut in for Christmas, home for Christmas, a Christmas like no other. You know, I'll be home for Christmas. We've been saying it it's taken on totally new meaning. Um, and it's not just in my dreams, but let's sing the carols this week. Let's do it. Let, let's, 
you know, O little town of Bethlehem, come let us adore him. Oh, come all you faithful. Hark the herald angels sing. Maybe, let's just, let's just away in the manger, right? Let's sing them. Sing them. Sing them all to the king who was born. And, you know, intentionally make space. That's what I'm, I'm appealing to you to do this week. Make space to draw near to the Christ of Christmas. Come on. We got to do this. We get to do this. Take advantage of the online mini Christmas Eve candle light service that we've prepared for you. Invite friends and family. Um, do, it, do it in a way that is creative, right? Find creative ways to share the good news. Uh, break out in praise and invite others into the moment. Find ways to do it. You know, maybe you can all watch it together from different places, but share in that moment and honor the Lord together. And then I want to encourage everybody to take, take advantage of the rise and shines. I know they're just little things. I call them spiritual vitamin pack. But you know what? All it is is just keeping us on this journey together. That's one of the reasons I like it. It's a daily thing that we can do six days a week, you know, for what? Minute and 40 seconds, six days a week. But we're connected a little bit more if you want to read the verse and take advantage of it and, and connect more deeply. But these are ways of tying ourselves together, keeping our hearts tender and staying in community, making again, which we've been trying to do, and we're going to do it into 2021, making this journey together. So you know what? Let's do that. Let's, let's, um, let's choose to welcome his peace. I'll say these two things. Let's be intentional about welcoming his peace and cultivating his presence. Welcome his peace, as we mentioned at the very beginning, peace on earth, goodwill. Welcome his peace and cultivate his presence. That's the heart of worship. David Jeremiah wrote, all the Christmas presents in the world are worth nothing without the presence of Christ. Think about that. All the Christmas presents in the world are worth nothing without the presence of Christ. What's more, let's remember that part of the Christmas story and an aspect of the heart of worship is that we are to follow in his steps and to be a blesser of others. So that's another thing that we can do. Again, peace on earth, goodwill expressed to men and women. His humility, loved ones, invites us into humility. His kindness invites us into kindness. His peace invites us into peace. His blessing invites us to be blessers, to bless. I think it was uh, Mother Teresa. Yes, she was the one. We'll put this up there. She was the one who said this. At this Christmas, when Christ comes, will he find a warm heart? And then she went on to say, Mark the season of Advent, the season of his coming, by loving and serving the others with God's own love and concern. That one of the ways that we worship the Lord and express our love for him is to follow in his steps. And what did God do through Christ but to bless all of us? And I think we can bless others in creative ways. I think that's why I love the idea of giving. I think giving is a beautiful part of Christmas. There's no celebration quite like it where giving is celebrated as much as, as it is in this season. And I know setting aside all the materialism and all the, the, the other things that sometimes go along with, with the you know, commercialism, um, I still think at the core, the idea of giving is a beautiful thing and to bless and to put your heart into it and remember as much as you can. It's not the, the, the giving 
itself. It's not the present. It's it, it's 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 what it me- means. And it's it may be something simple even, but if it, if it's done in kindness and in, in sincerity and thoughtfulness with creativity, I think it's even more beautiful. You remember this if you can, <laughs> you know. Um, and let's remember also that Christmas the way it's set up at the end of the year is designed to position us to help us build momentum for the new year. So let's take advantage of that as well. Like Charles Dickens said in A Christmas Carol, I will honor Christmas in my heart and then try to keep it all the year. I will honor Christmas in my heart and then try to keep it all the year. That's good. That's very good. You know, speaking of good, you know it. He's so good. And he's so God. Um, and he wants us to so good. And he wants us to so God. And I know I usually say that at the very, very end in my benediction. And who knows, maybe I will again. But we're going to have, uh, you know, this is where we take the moment to, before we share the song, and I come back around with a, a, a final thought. You know, I remind you all to, to be faithful and to keep giving. And you've been amazing. And, um, you know, remember, you can give in any way. It's maybe if you're thinking about giving at the end of the year, you know, make make it a priority to give uh, to our church so that we can follow through with all the the dreams we have for the coming year and try to keep this going. Be the blesser, right? Remember, you can give online. You can give the traditional way. Send a check in if you want to the offices, or you know, um, you can do it through the app. That's what I do. But like I say always, before you ever, you know, give, try to give your heart, give your heart, speak a blessing over your giving even, even if it's done, you know, electrically or digitally, you know, speak the blessing, speak the blessing. But even now, Lord, uh, we're so grateful for this season and this time. Keep our hearts tender. Keep us uh, warm. We pray for your blessing even now. And uh, we choose to celebrate you with this song. Let our hearts be the heart of a child this Christmas. In Jesus' name, here we go.
good is that? The Lord wants us to have the heart of a child. You know, <laughs> the heart of worship is how we best respond to God's love given to us, right? And I just, you know, I love Christmas and the new year. I love the timing of the two. I do. Um, I just think it's perfect. You know, what, what a blessed time for us, even with the, the kind of brokenness of what we've all experienced together. I think there's a unique blessing that's available right now. Um, you know, we get to be grateful for the new thing that God has done in Christ. And then the gift of a new year, which is a kind of way of helping us restart, uh, reset. So I just, I just see so much value in it. Instead of focusing on the inconvenience of what we're all walking through. Remember, they had an inconvenience. They had to make a journey they didn't want to make. So I think that relates, it really does. But instead of focusing on the inconvenience, let's focus on the gift. Let's choose to be a people who love out of that, right? That's, that's everything we've talked about. I want to encourage all of us to pursue and even in this uh, Christmas week to just be so intentional, committed 
to wanting to just, you know, receive the moment and um, meet him. Let him meet you. Be that wise man. Be that wise woman who takes the time to kneel and bring our gifts um, and our adoration to the manger. Why not? Why not? Let's keep our hearts soft. Lord, you're so good and you're so God and you want us to so good and you want us to so God. And maybe this is the best time for us to do it more than ever. Let's be a great inviter. And may the Lord keep you spirit, soul, and body in your mind. And may you never forget that you are so deeply loved and God gave us Jesus as living proof.